0: Welcome to Many Talks podcast, talking all business, entrepreneurship, property development, finance and investments. Hi, Reese Many here, CEO of Hunter Jones. Many Talks today, we're live. Um, got an exciting guest for you today, following on from other podcasts that we've done. In the property sector, so it's going to be an interesting interview with some fantastic key takeaways for our listeners. Um, I've got Savannah from Built ID with me. In 2016, one of the top 25 prop techs in the UK. Welcome. Thanks for coming on to many talks today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: So what we want to talk about today is really your your journey. And we're talking about you as one of the prop tech influence in, in 2016, voted top 25, which is a tremendous achievement. Congratulations on that. Could you just explain to our listeners really what prop tech is?
1: Sure. So prop tech is a very broad term actually, which is used for any technology which impacts the property sector or can be utilised by it. Yep. So it's quite it's quite generic in the term in the in the sense that it could be smart technology used, you know, sensors to see um, building efficiency and how it's being used operationally, or it could mean um, a management system for your leasing. Um, data, okay. Or it could mean, um, you know, sort of almost a bit of contact, which is construction tech, where it's something which influences how you construct a building yep. um, or planning software. It's pretty, it's pretty vague, but it just sort of is a, is a nice, neat way of describing any technology that can be harnessed for the property industry.
0: OK, so anything that can be used um, on, on platforms. A-, a question for you. Has social media and this really internet boom helped, help your technology, helped? prop tech in a way would you say?
1: Um, I think so I think that you know prop tech is is sort of 10 years behind fintech um, and other industries you know property does traditionally lag behind but I think in even the last 18 months you've seen a huge change in the discussion being what is prop tech being the main thing um, you know people trying to get their heads around people saying how do I utilize it how do Mm. I harness it which prop tech solutions actually help my particular business problems Mm. Um, and I think that yes the 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 rise of um, people using technology all the time definitely makes a difference in being more plugged in. Um, To my technology in particular, does social media have an impact? Um, It's certainly a channel that we use to reach our audience, to make sure that people know what's going on, that they can feel better plugged into the built environment. Um, I also think it comes obviously with its its drawbacks. Mm. People are a lot more conscious now about how their data can be um, utilized for purposes they didn't expect it to. You know, yep. such as with Facebook Correct. and I think that's something we all need to be um, cognizant of
0: aware of, yeah so we, we come back and we'll elaborate on, on PropTech a bit more later on um, but can we talk about your journey and really why you come up with, with the concept of, of what you've built right now but stripping it right back from where you started and mm-hmm. how you got into real estate yourself and when you realised that real estate, you had a passion for it
1: yeah, so um back from, you know, when I was when I was at university, my procrastination for my studies was always, um, you know, sounds sounds kinda weird, but looking up sort of, you know, sort of barren sites and industrial sites and figuring out what you could do with it, what sort mm. of massing you could do, what you could create it for. Literally just as like a daydream. I always loved doing that, but getting really into the details yeah. of how you could design it, et cetera, and who were the amazing architects who I'd envisage would work on my scheme, et cetera. Um so I always had a passion for it, but okay. to be honest I never really considered it as a career at that mm. stage. And what, um, what kind of
0: age did you start Daydreaming as you pull it towards. Oh, I think there's something like
1: I always, I always did as, as sort of a kid, and then. Yep. But even once I got to the age when I was at, you know, at Oxford. I would sort of be, you know, looking online at, you know, yeah. sort of the the sites coming up just for, for procrastination, like I said, rather mm. than anything serious. Interesting. Um, but I went and interned at Fantastic VC after I left university, okay. and I'm so sort of in venture capital. And there, I really got the bug for growing businesses, for the idea that you can, um, you know, bring something new to market that can make a positive difference on people's mm. lives and how they work and operate. And I knew that to get into that industry, you had to either get experience in an industry. Or you had to, you know, go to Goldman Sachs for five years, and I'm not very good at counting, so it seemed <laughs> that wasn't the best option for yeah. me. Um, and so I moved to New York. I did an intensive in real estate, and I decided to get experience in the industry. And I never, I never went in there being like, I want to own my own business. I want to, you know, um, be my own boss. It was that never really drove me. Yeah. I just went into an industry um, and got frustrated with how things were done. And whilst I'd anticipated ultimately going on to the you know funding side of amazing businesses i never anticipated i would start one myself
0: Mm. okay so your experience when you took that leap to go to new york as you said i I take it from coming out of university coming out of oxford um having a little bit of experience uh, as you said and then what what made you take that that decision to go to new york because that's that's a big decision
1: Yes, I think I just wanted a change. I wanted an adventure. I was young, I was in my early 20s, and I appreciated that to have absolutely no responsibilities holding you down mm. um, to being in one place is something you should take advantage of. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I have a US passport, which which helps. So okay. I thought, I'd been to New York once when I was 14. I really didn't know what I was doing. But I was like, <laughs> you know what, I'll try it out. I love an adventure, I love a challenge. And so I moved there. Um,
0: did you move on your own? Or? I did, yeah. Yeah, so just you.
1: Yeah, um, and... Um, it was it was great. It was a great experience. Um, I loved it. I was there for three years, and it was only when Built ID got to the point where I needed to start hiring people, I needed to start knowing where I was putting down roots, that I decided I wanted to do it in London. Okay. Um, but it was yeah, it was a fantastic experience working in property development over there. Mm. Um, and the best thing about being in New York with a British accent is, you can say you know I've I've a real tendency to make up phrases. Like I'll just be like, it's a bridge under a troll people are like yeah. no no it's it's a bridge over like it's just i can't get a phrase correct but yeah. in new york everyone assumed that it was just a british thing it yeah. was a british um yeah. so moving back to london was really challenging because <laughs> everyone would be like you don't speak a real language like what are you saying <laughs> you're fra- <laughs> you're, You've got your you're sort of phrases. yeah you have your own <laughs> phrases that are not factually correct um so i miss new york for that for everyone yeah. just thinking it's british so it must make sense
0: so did the platform the vision start in in new york and you started working on it the goal that you was going to produce and the vision out there. How how did that come about? You were yeah, sitting at so, your desk one day and
1: um, I was. It started off to be honest. I was sitting in a meeting of the whole development team and the CEO was um, rather animatedly unimpressed that we didn't have the instant access and the instant answers to you know who's working with Google. We want to create a tech hub. Who's Google's go-to architect? Um, we're trying to rebrand our buildings on Fifth Avenue to be from where we had traditionally a lot of you know, sort of jewelry tenants and corporate tenants to being mm. a sort of Silicon Alley and have all these tech companies. We need to design these buildings to, to have the sort of um, look and feel that those companies want. Um, and we finding that precedent, you're on Google just sort of searching for images. It was all very frustrating and very mm-hmm. time consuming. And I thought if in a very prominent, you know, New York, New York City based property developer, we struggle this much and we're wasting so much time calling around our word of mouth network and, you know, having no way of accessing a community to find out if they're gonna be supportive of our scheme, except for literally going around and having town hall style meetings, all these different things, it felt there's a real gap. And I had no idea PropTech was a thing. And mm. I was lucky that when I founded the business, um, It was when Proptech was really just um, Proptech 2.0, as such, for the commercial was really coming into its own. Um, But I had no idea at the time. I just grew frustrated, um, came up with an idea of how you could potentially solve it, and I was lucky that we had an amazing female executive vice president who said, "I think this is brilliant. I think it would, you know, transform how we work. I support you to work on this in your spare time, as long as you don't do it on company hours. Feel free to go for it." Um, And having that support was incredible. And any any sort of listeners who. Um, a relatively senior at property development companies, if you have someone junior like I was who has an idea and you think it could help your company, like I can't say what a difference it makes having that support. I don't know if I'd ever been brave enough to take the risks to do it if I didn't have the company I was working for saying, no, we support you, we don't want to lose you, but we appreciate that you're going to do something that will hopefully make a positive impact. Um, Which is great, great, isn't it? Really great. To have
0: that support. Because it can be lonely, you know, getting that idea, thinking... It's a great idea, but where do I go from it here? It can,
1: yeah. And it can always be lonely. As a sole mm. founder, it's it's always lonely. It doesn't That's matter it. how how successful it gets. You're always like, oh, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm Icarus. Yeah. Any minute now, this is all gonna you know I'm gonna fall. Mm. Um. And I think that yeah, having the, as many mentors and people who've done it before or have experience that you can pull on from different industries around you, um, the easier it becomes and the less lonely it is.
0: And and did she become a mentor of, of yours?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I sometimes see her at MIPIM or something, which yeah. is great. we I on the other sides of the ocean. And um, one of my first investors, was actually a female property developer in New York and I was okay. having dinner with her when I would first had the idea, um, just as you know, a mentor. And I said, what do you think? And she said, I would use used this for the past 30 years. If you build it, I'll invest. Um, and that was how I got my first sort of friends and family round as such,
0: yeah. investor
1: to sign up. And after that, um, yeah, once you have the first, it makes things easier. It makes
0: things easier. and So talking about that, obviously raising was, was one of my questions that I wanted to mm-hmm. come on to. Raising money to get your idea your goal your vision um, into a business it's difficult right we're in the fundraising business yeah. I understand that it's difficult but a lot of people think you know a lot of people are out there with money that just want to throw money to you it's not necessarily the case
1: no and I think the sort of investors that do just want to throw money at something aren't the investors you want well, yeah so there's that as well um, it is tough and it's it's sort of soul-destroying it's your baby it's your yeah. passion and even if someone says sorry, we don't come in until you're raising 20 million. It crushes me for some mm. reason. I have yeah. no idea why. Someone can say, we'd love to speak to you in 18 months when you're at the next stage. It's completely reasonable what they're saying. It's a really tough process, yep. um, sort of mentally rather than physically. Um, I'm lucky that we have amazing investors who get it. A lot of them are people like Nick Leslaw and Nigel Ray who have a lot of experience in property. Okay. We have PyLabs who are a PropTech VC. Yep. Um, so they have a portfolio of companies, which is great because it means that you can all learn from each other. Yeah, you know, you're doing complementary things rather than um, competing necessarily. Mm. And I think it's really important to have those that sort of network, so you understand that we shouldn't all work in silos. If someone wanted to integrate built ID's offering into another prop tech companies, I would be open to it because okay. I think people, you know, people want that sort of um, fluid integration. Yeah, and the more you have investors who have other portfolio companies that are encouraging you to, um, you know, learn from each other, the better.
0: Mm. Oh, I agree. So we, what what would you say your best tip, tip is for, for raising? Is it getting the right investors, do you think?
1: God, I wish someone would give me the, the best tips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm ready to hear those tips. Um, I think that, yes, there's certainly been times when I've thought this investor is interested. But I don't know if they're the right fit for our yep. company. You don't want someone to invest who um, can't, can't afford to lose that money they're investing. You don't need that sort of pressure. Mm. So I think they have to have deep enough pockets. Yeah. Um, and I think they have to be, for me personally, if you have the luxury of choosing, they should be smart money. People who bring more than just like my, all, every investor I have, the money is sort of one aspect of what they brought to the table. They're incredible advisors, they have amazing experience, um, and I can lean on them in different ways. So they
0: bring some more value yeah, than I, just cash.
1: Yeah, I genuinely look forward to my, my board meetings as a yeah. time to bounce ideas and, you know, get up to speed people who I respect and, and value as part of the business.
0: Yeah. And, and what is the goal for the business?
1: The goal is to get global. The goal okay. is to have an impact on a on a global scale and improve the property sector and how we communicate and collaborate with communities yeah. and with each other. Okay. Um. So that's really that the passion is to is to make this an international norm.
0: And how is that going? How are you on that journey? Whereabouts are you on that journey?
1: Yeah, in terms of connecting developers with with consultants through their track record, we have over a thousand companies who have projects on there from, I think it's 146 different um, countries. Okay. So it's, it's going pretty well. Our focus is on the UK. Um, we're talking of clients all over yep. as well, um, which is pretty exciting. It's great to see a, you know innovative, young British business getting Definitely. hired abroad. Because they've been able to showcase their portfolio in a way that um, works for for other markets. Yeah. So we love it when we see that.
0: Which which is fantastic. Just for for our listeners, um, could you talk us through the platform and yeah, and absolutely. what it does and how it connects?
1: Yeah, people together. So yeah. um, so the platform is um. Um, generated by our members. We have, like I said, over a thousand consultants who are showcasing over 180,000 project images. So we have this amazing precedent library of who's behind what projects and what they look like. And we're now harnessing this track record database for community engagement. So the idea is that we showcase the projects of today and we shape the projects of tomorrow. So a developer or a council can go on there with a new project, they can showcase the track record of the team they're working with, so it's yep. not some faceless corporations. And then they can give the community a sense of agency and ownership over what gets built. They can posit questions using you know, this visual database we have, such as, you know, do you want there to be parking or a playground? And then when you're communicating those questions and you're giving over those decisions to the community, you're also communicating the inherent compromises that happen in development. We can't afford to do a par- car parking, we don't mm. have enough space to do car parking and playground, we want to know what you want more of, Yeah, but you have to understand that we can't do everything. Or it could be just educating about the timelines of what's going on or saying, you know, we want to know, do you want commercial space? We're having commercial space. What do you want? Is it more important to you that we have a cafe or is it more important that we get a gym um, as a tenant? Um, Being able to actually communicate with the community and let them have a say. And the more the community participate and engage from this pre-planning app stage onwards, um, the more points they get and that translates into money that the developer or council sets aside for local initiatives. So a community centre, a homeless shelter, repairing the basketball courts, whatever it may be. Mm. Um, We're trying to make sure that developers have the opportunity to invest in a community not just fabrics and water. That
0: oh, makes sense. Okay. Um, so we, we're going to talk on a, a little bit more about a new tool that you've, you've got launching mm-hmm. for for developers, um, the community engagement tool. But just before we do that, um, is it a subscription service? So do the developers have to subscribe? Is there a fee that they have mm-hmm. to pay to be part of? this platform?
1: So to connect with consultants and to see that precedent is actually completely free. Okay. We want as many people to hire their consultants through our platform as possible, yeah. um, because obviously the more people that get hired through it, the more they're gonna keep generating the project images, Correct. and that's what we really want to keep growing on a, on a global scale. Mm. So we have, um, you know, we have developers, um, asset managers, investment managers, etc, going on there and hiring, for example, in a big scheme in Ilford recently, um, the inter- interior designer for PRS scheme was hired through our platform because they didn't want to use the same design everyone else had used. Yeah. But they needed them to have, to have experience building amenity spaces on a, on a you know, sort of a, an international scale. And they were able to connect with a short list of five consultants and then hire one through us. From and now the they're platform. going back and doing the same for that landscape architect. Um, So that's all free. Um, If you then want to take that precedent and communicate with a community and do community engagement, um, the developer or council pays per project, and then the community, again, have access to it for free.
0: So it's a very, very good platform all round for everybody. There's a lot of value given across the board.
1: Hopefully, yeah. We, we try and, you know, we, it's, it's important to us that we're a tech for good platform, that yeah. we have a sort of social enterprise angle, um, and that's something that's close to what we do. So our pricing for anyone who's doing affordable housing or for councils is significantly below what could, you know, help us
0: make a profit. Mm. Okay. Um, could you talk us through the community engagement tool? This, 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 that you're about to launch that you're sure yeah so that's
1: the, that's the tool where you can connect with the community Um, you can give them a sense of ownership over what you're building you can um, have that closed feedback loop you said you wanted A we're delivering A yeah. you want platform people to see or you're, you said you were concerned about X this is how we're addressing it You know, and often what you'll find is if you give people in a dynamic visual polling sort of environment um, five choices for them to reorder of what's your biggest concern mm. you may find that the, the community segment which is shouting the loudest and is most upset about something they don't reflect the majority you know that's five percent who are concerned about whatever it may be yeah. and the rest are more concerned about maybe it's parking or it's congestion or environmental issues or whatever it may be but it's important for developers and councils to be able to um you know hear that silent majority yeah to not just hear those voices that are well funded and loud um who tend to honestly be the you know sort of retired middle class professionals who have the time to go to those town hall-style meetings, who have the background to be able to understand those mountains of paperwork and drawings etc we want to make sure that everyone can access this Mm. whether it's a busy parent who really doesn't have that time to go to that meeting or a minority who maybe doesn't feel confident enough in english to go to that meeting where everyone's sort of shouting and they
0: can still put their opinion exactly and they're Mm. they're an
1: integral part of the community um or maybe it's young professionals who care more about actually the the element of it where you're giving back to the community and supporting the local infrastructure because Mm. You know we now have a new generation coming up who are far more socially activated and socially conscious than ever before i Definitely, think yeah. um and they care about what's being you know what's being constructed in their built environment and they care that a community is is being represented and listened to
0: yeah no i, I thoroughly agree so with with what you've got going on is you, you're going global what what's the next steps from here
1: so we're launching this this new community engagement angle. We're launching this in um, now basically. Okay. We're working with clients um, as we speak, both public sector and private, okay. to get it all ready for them to launch whenever they want yeah. to. So that's really exciting. Like I said, our database for connecting consultants um, just keeps on growing organically, which is pretty exciting to which see. Is good. Um, yeah, we love we love seeing that as well. And like I said, it's free. So that's something that just steadily ticks on. Yeah. Um, and yeah so it's really it's really exciting the next 18 months are really going to be focused on rolling us out you know across the UK but we also have clients interested in Australia, Germany, Canada so um, very good yeah it's it's a exciting time really exciting but but busy time Time. yeah
0: Um, and just feedback from the councils obviously what what kind of feedback have you had from local authorities with with the platform
1: so local authorities are really enthusiastic about it because they want to be able to better hear their community Um, And we found when we first went to them, it was more to be like, would you like developers to use this? And what we actually found from them is they said, we want to use this Mm. for our own estate regenerations, for our local plans, for our own, um, you know, sort of community engagement. And now we're working with multiple councils to do exactly that, Mm. that this is a port of call where the community can always have access to the council and understand what's going on and have their say. Um, whether it's about a park being done, a master plan, anything, um, so that's really exciting to have seen that evolution from just wanting to make sure they were happy with it to, yeah, actually, to actually want to use it. Want to use it. That's been great.
0: It's great, yeah. So just just um, going through what what we've spoke about and really summing up, you've you've got a fantastic platform. It's adding a lot of value. to developers, local authorities. Um, I can really see the value in it and I hope some of our listeners and some of our developers that listen will probably um, get some value in it as well. Just before we wrap up, um, what I want to talk about is, because I get a lot of people asking me that are looking at bringing apps out or looking to build a platform, whether it be in property or whatever sector it's in. Um, What's what's the steps? It's tough to get a platform, isn't it? It's tough to get an idea... I mean, how many times has your platform changed from what you've first envisioned yeah, good to question.
1: now? question. Oh, so, so much. You have to be willing to um, evolve your offering and, and yeah. respond to your user feedback. Before we even had anything, when I literally just had a prototype that I'd mocked up myself, I was yeah. out talking to all our potential clients, mm. learning, iterating. The first version I had in mind was sort of TripAdvisor-style reviews, yeah. um, which, Um, would not have worked. I mean, what architect wants to put their work on to showcase to be reviewed by, you know, during construction even, when obviously everyone gets a bit um, (laughs) erased. And then everyone loves it at the end. Um, So definitely you have to evolve it. My advice to any developers or property players who are thinking of building their own apps is, do research what's out in the market. Because the difference between how quickly you can do that iteration and how quickly a prop tech company can, or any tech company, Is huge we release a new version of our platform every two weeks okay. so we get feedback from everyone who's using it we and they say oh we pe- certainly prefer this button to be over there or it'd be really great if I could you know drop ten images at a time rather than uploading one at a time we're constantly improving our offering yeah. and learning and I think it's really hard for big corporations to iterate that quickly and yeah. to have to make those decisions that quickly so if there is a prop tech solution out there that you can work with I'd encourage you to not so it much because you know, sense. yeah, it just it just it's not yeah it's not about you know supporting small businesses which is great. It's also actually it makes more sense. Yeah, um, for prop tech startups, do your research, make sure that, you know, you're not going into an already crowded field yeah. unless you think you really have something to offer that others don't, um, which often is the case. You know, yeah. the first to market is not necessarily the one that wins. No, that's correct. I mean, look at Purple Bricks. Mm. Um, so. That would probably be an advice I'd give. I'd also love to receive any advice. We're still on <laughs> we're still on this journey and you know, yeah. we we know what we want to achieve. We wanna make it quicker and easier to get planning and to get things built that people actually want mm. in their neighborhoods. But um how we get there will constantly evolve, I have no doubt.
0: If we've got developers, um any architects, surveyors that are interested in your platform, what's the best way for them? Um, to sign up get involved with you is it come direct to you Is it go direct to the website yeah if you
1: go to the website and you want to sign up and we also have a team that will even put on all your data for you okay. so you can sign up yourself it's really one of the things that we pride ourselves on is how easy it is to okay. put data onto our platform equally you can reach out to me over Twitter yep. or via our emails um, we're always keen to hear from people
0: yeah or to any of our listeners if you want to drop us a a message directly, we can always pass them on for yourself. Um, so that's that's it from me today. It's been fantastic having you on. I think we've covered um, quite a bit today. I think there's a, a lot of key facts there, key takeaways for, for our listeners. Um, any questions that come through, we will forward on to yourself. I think we probably will get some developers and some architects that would be interested. Um, thanks for coming on.
1: No, thanks so much for having me. Delighted to be here.
0: No problem, and we look forward to, to seeing you grow. Um, and, and seeing you worldwide thanks thanks a lot so for now what I want to do is thank you for listening subscribe leave a review look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast with some exciting guests coming our way